Good morning. I'm Sarah, one of the support leaders at EBI. Um, we're working our way through a series looking at what do we believe as Christians. And today we're looking at humanity's problem. Um, as we look around the world, many, many people would say that they can see that things are broken. That relationships between people are broken. That our relationship with the world is broken. We can see that in the way that the creation is, is broken around us. But Christians would say, yes, relationships with people are broken. And yes, our relationship with creation is broken. But we would also say that that is because our relationship with God is broken. And that that is actually the starting point of the problems that we have as, as humans. When we look across um, the world and down through history, Christians believe slightly different details in many times. But actually that basic thing is fairly universal across Christians. That humanity's problem is that our relationship with God is broken. And the thing is... God really wants us to live in a relationship that is a loving, restored relationship with him. And he says that that is possible. So this morning we're going to look at Romans 2 and a couple of verses from Romans 3. Um, but because Romans 2 starts with a therefore, um, the little bit before, end of chapter 1, um, Paul, who wrote the book of Romans, talks about the fact that they didn't think that it was worthwhile retaining the knowledge of God, that they had no understanding um, of love or mercy, and therefore they behaved wickedly. So what he's saying is that they didn't live in relationship with God, and therefore things fell apart. So I'm going to read the first 16 verses of chapter 2 of Romans and verses 19 and 20 of chapter 3. Paul says, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realising that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honour and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honour and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. For God does not show favouritism. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, 
but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them, and other times even defending them. This will take place on the day when God judges people's secret thoughts through Jesus Christ, as my Gospel declares. And then chapter 3, verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law we become conscious of our sin. So there's an awful lot in that passage. Um, A lot about judgment, a lot about all sorts of stuff that are going on. But actually, if we want to understand what's going on, we need to go right the way back to the beginning of the Bible, back to Genesis 2. In Genesis 2, they were told not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But the serpent told them that if they ate of it, they would be like God, knowing good and evil. And they they quite liked that idea. And so they ate. Now, I don't believe that this is a literal history story, but I do believe that this is telling us truth in a way that we can understand it and understand that down through history and across different cultures. So what it's saying is that people wanted to be able to judge for themselves and not rely on God to teach them. They didn't want to grow with God showing them. They wanted to do it for themselves. They wanted independence and they wanted it now. They wanted to be better than others and they didn't want to live in that dependent relationship with God and I think that's probably where a lot of us would say yeah we can recognize that feeling today Um, the fact that we actually like the idea of judging for ourselves and not relying on God to teach us those things we don't want to live dependent on anyone many of us today the thing is that the broken relationship with God means that all our other relationships are broken too and because of that we judge others and every one of us will judge people in different ways we'll judge different things but I hear it quite a lot at the moment about oh well why aren't they wearing a mask why are they wearing a mask why are they too close why aren't they coming closer to people all sorts of different things and people are judging And we do that because it kind of makes us feel a bit better about ourselves because we're not doing that, whatever that is. But because we judge other people, we then act in ways that it makes it harder for other people to judge us. And that means that we become secretive. We tend to lie. We are deceitful. Because if other people don't know, then they can't judge us. It also means that we don't trust other people. We don't trust that they're going to share if we need something. So we hoard, we get greedy. We don't trust that they are going to look after people that we care for. So we protect those that we love over other people. And often that means, it means that we're protecting 
or we're hoarding stuff and the most vulnerable in society struggle and suffer. The fact that we judge and we're worried about others judging us means that if people get in the way, we want to get rid of them. In many different ways, by putting them down, by avoiding them. And sometimes that means by all sorts of really horrific means. And we've seen that down through history. In verse 8, Paul talks about us being self-seeking, about rejecting truth and following evil. Sound familiar? The other thing that's talked quite a lot of in this passage is about law. Um, it talks about it in verse 12 to 15 and then again in chapter 3 verses 19 and 20. And in verse 20 it talks about the law being there to show us sin, to show us what's wrong, to show us where things are broken. And the thing is I think many of us think of the law as being something that tells us what we should do or what we shouldn't do. We think about the Ten Commandments. We think about you must do this, you mustn't do that. And actually, I don't think that's what he's talking about here. Because when we're not sure how things are, when we, don't, when we look across the Bible, we should always go back and see what Jesus says about these things. And when Jesus was asked about the law, he said that there were two things that summed up the entire law. And that was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. I don't think we often read stuff about the law in the New Testament like that. And yet this is what Paul would have meant. He knew what Jesus said. And I think it's a really beautiful way to read it too. Because it's not about a list of do's and don'ts. It's not about something that's going to trip us up. It's about relationship. It's about relationship with God and it's about relationship with other people around us. We have to ask ourselves, do we live this? Um, and what does it actually look like? Because if we're thinking of the law as being something we have to do or something we don't do, rather than as a relationship that we live with God and with other people around us, that's a very different way of living our lives. In verse 14, Paul talks about the Gentiles. Uh, the Gentiles were the non-Jews, those who weren't part of the in crowd, those who didn't have the law attached to them as part of their culture. And yet Paul talks about Gentiles who have the law, sorry, don't have the law, but do what the law says because it's written on their hearts. These are people who then and today don't know God, but they are loving in the way that he asks us to love. They are loving other people. And whether they know him or not, they are loving him. And the trouble is sometimes we follow the law so that we can get close to God. We do the right things so that we can be close to him. When actually that's completely upside down. It's about showing us what sin is like. You know, it, it helps us to see 
that those relationships are broken. But what do we do with that consciousness of sin? What do we do when we realise that things are broken? Do we turn to God or do we turn away from him? Do we strengthen that relationship with God or do we weaken it by hiding from him? And I think as we live life in relationship with God and as we grow more like him, then the things that the sort of written law talks about, we will do. And we will love people because we're in relationship with God. And those things become just included in our character. And as we love, it means that we live life going beyond that written law. Beyond the do's and the don'ts. And we live by Jesus summing up of that law. We love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And we love other people. All those around us, all those far away, as we love ourselves. Sometimes we can think, oh, you know, all this stuff on the judgment and what have you. It's, it's talking to those that are outside the church. But Paul was writing this to the church at Rome. Um, you know, he, he saw that, yes, these people were following God. And we follow God. But so often we judge other people because that relationship's still broken. And Paul talks about um, asking them to be conscious of where they're going wrong and how far they are short of what Jesus' ideal is. And when we judge, there's this big contrast between God's judgment and our judgment. God's judgment is based on truth, whereas ours is always based on an incomplete knowledge. God's judgment, he's perfect. So he judges from that place. Whereas we're sinful, we're broken, we fail, we fall. God's judgment comes from a place of love. Absolute, complete love. Whereas our judgment comes from a place of insecurity and fear. God's judgment has an aim of bringing us into relationship with him. Whereas our judgment actually aims to separate us from others. That I'm better than that. And it separates us. It doesn't, doesn't do us any good. So it's best to leave judgment to God. And I'm not talking here about discernment and wisdom where we have to protect those who are vulnerable. Um, I'm not talking about human justice, where God has given us governments to be able to help to protect society and to help society work um, in this badly fallen world. But I am talking about our individual judgments. Something else that I think we don't really like talking about very much is the fact that there is going to be a day of judgment. God will judge. And it does say he will judge the living and the dead. And by my reckoning, that includes all of us, as well as all those that have gone before and those that will follow after. But the thing is, when God judges on that day of judgment, he will judge truly and rightly. 
he will judge out of a place of love. And he truly knows us, as it says in verse 16. And that judgment is therefore based on that truth. It's very easy to try and pre-guess that ourselves, but that's not our place. Ultimately, we are called to love God and to love people. And actually, I think that's what we are going to be judged on. Not whether we condemned those that we thought were wrong. And unfortunately, down through history, Christians have been known so much for judging people that they disagreed with. Rather than loving people unconditionally. So if we're saying that our basic problem, humanity's basic problem, is that actually our relationship with God is broken. And that means that our relationship with other people and the world is broken too. The good news is that actually God wants us to restore that relationship. That's what he wants to do. And he wants us to repent, which means to turn around, to face him, to follow him. He wants to live with that law of love written on our hearts. And that means we can actually live our life in relationship with the God who loves us, who knows us and who wants to work with us and through us to love everybody on this planet. And everything on this planet. God wants us to show others the way to live life in a relationship with God. And that's a privilege too. But the thing is, it's not about a transaction. It's not about saying, okay, yes, that's what I believe. It's about saying, I believe it because I know you. And I want to live life with you, God. I want to become more like you, God. Day by day by day, I want there to be a change. I don't want to stay the same as I was five years ago. So I suppose the questions I'm asking this morning is, and I'm asking this of myself as much as I'm asking it of you, is judging more important than living life in relationship with the God who loves you? And loves us absolutely completely. Am I getting life from being better than others? Or am I getting life from being loved by Jesus? Do I get all my life from him? Do I want to accept that relationship that he's offering me? That lifelong walk up? And down, through thick, through thin, through good times, through bad times. Do I want to accept that relationship? Or do I want to hold on to that judging? Because that kind of makes me feel better. And Derek's talking a lot more about this next week. But I couldn't quite just leave this morning on the bad stuff. On just the problems. There is a solution and there is a way out of it. But I think it's so beautiful that we can live our lives in relationship with Jesus. With the God who loves us completely. So I'm going to pray. Jesus, thank you so much 
that you want to live life with us. You want us to grow, to become more like you, to become the people you have created us to be, to be the best version of ourselves that we can ever be. Lord, this morning as we go about our day, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to see the beauty of loving you with our heart, soul, mind and strength and loving our neighbours as ourselves. Help us to see little things that we can do that actually mean that we're walking in that. Things that mean that we are growing to be more like you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.